Welcome to SKU Talks. We are your one-stop shop for all things e-commerce. While I tend to skew towards Amazon, no pun intended, our guests come from all sorts of professional backgrounds, and I'd like to think there's something in here for everyone. Thanks for joining. All right, all right. So I'm here with Julio of ZB Market today. Julio has a ton of experience across retail, wholesale, just about everything under the sun as it relates to, honestly, to just commerce in general. A lot of cool experience. Definitely has a focus as far as sustainability and ethical practices go, which, you know, I I really enjoy and appreciate. So, Julio, thanks so much for coming on. And I hate to make you repeat yourself, but just to start off, I think maybe just a high-level overview of your background and what you're doing now would would be awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, first of all, Sam, for the invitation and for the trust that I can actually give your listeners a little bit of insight into what I've done. Um, as you said, I, I worked uh, for well over 20 years in the retail and wholesale world for several uh, corporations. And while I enjoyed my time working for those companies and I learned a lot and met great people um, uh, and developed all kinds of skills in both platforms, the retail and the wholesale, I, um, after a number of years doing that in different roles, I really quickly kind of realized my impact uh, in what it was that I was seeing in the supply chain, specifically uh, in my later uh, years of working for those companies, when I realized how toxic, uh, how harmful to the environment some of those practices and production cycles are, and how humans and workers and factory workers and farmers are treated just so that we can give CEOs in large corporations here more right. money. Um, that just did not align with my values. So after um, incredible 20 plus years working for those companies, I decided to start my own. I didn't want to quit my job right away because I wanted to launch something on a sort of part-time basis first to make sure that what my dreams and my were actually worked. And, and if there was enough appetite and interest on the clients and our customers here in our city, then I could I could go bigger. Um, and I started just by doing um, what I've loved doing for the last uh, 12 years now, which is sourcing ethically produced handcrafts from around the world. This is a business model that is not different, not very different from any other retail operation, but the difference is we put people and planet first. Yeah. We, we believe that we should all demand quality in the products we buy, just as much as demanding quality in the lives of the people who make them. And that's the, the, the in a nutshell, the concept of fair trade. It's just an, a model that you you care about the producer. And then when you begin to sell products that have a story attached to it, when you use trade as a force for positive change, and when you yep. take those principles to heart and you really begin a business um, that is unique in that sense, people take notice and people really get inspired Absolutely. by what you do. And that's why I think ZB Market was successful from the get-go. So after opening my store and having a website available to our consumers, the stories began to flow. And, and it was a year and a half after I started doing this on a very part-time basis that I decided to open my first bricks and mortar store. There was enough interest from the audience that I had reached over the past, you know, 18 months that gave me the confidence to, to open a store. I still had a few questions. So I said, maybe I shouldn't quit my job just yet until I know and I have that confidence, that support from the community. And you know what? It just became so obvious and so evident that there was enough interest. And when I realized that, 
um, it was not very difficult to open a store. I found a great location in a great part of the city. And um, I want to say that the rest is history. Um, actually, no, it's not. It's because that first store grew grew to the point where it was almost necessary to expand and open a second location. So two and a half years after the first store opened, I opened a second location, which serviced a new site, a community, um, a new part of the community. Our website kept, kept growing. And then, of course, we all know and love 2020 hit. And this unexpected 2020 just really shook up everybody. For us, however, our website is what saved us. As soon as Absolutely. we had closed our bricks and mortar stores for over two months in the city of St. Louis, our website went into high gear, and, and that's what really paid all the bills. Yeah, that that's incredibly important. I think that it's it's great that you hedged your bets, so to speak, early on. And the hope is you build that community. Any online marketing that you can do, obviously, people can be anywhere. But you build a community. You have people that enjoy shopping at your store, and making sure they know that they always they always have that option to buy online as well. So when your store is forced to close, you might yes. not see as big of a dip as you typically would. I mean, going from whatever your sales are to zero. You were able Correct. to stay afloat, which is incredible. You guys sell a lot of different things. So I noticed, I mean, there's home, kitchen and dining, fashion accessories. What did you guys start with? And is there an overarching theme to everything? I mean, I know the sustainability and humanitarian yeah. piece is incredible, but in terms of the, the products themselves, I'd love to hear an overview of like what it is you guys really sell. Right. If I could go back to year one, when I first launched the business, imagine a, re a mobile retail operation. Products that can yep. only fit in a couple of six-foot tables, and you can see yep. me at a farmer's market one weekend or right. at another citywide event. So obviously, the number of items that I had available to sell were probably under 100. And yep. it was just the concept was as long as it's a fairly traded, sourced, or, or available to us through channels that are under the Fair Trade Federation, I, I'm happy with that. Yeah. My relationship with nonprofits, where I actually was inspired by their work that was fair trade, gave me this competitive advantage initially. I could see from what I was working and helping and supporting these nonprofits what was some of the best selling categories. And yeah. when you see that, you have it's almost like a, an insider trading <laughs> benefit. Yeah. It's not right. an illegal thing. You just learn. You say, okay, this organization that I'm supporting. They sell, I don't they know, can I tell you what sells. Yeah. But from the time yeah. you only really are 30% of that is generating 90% of your revenue. So totally. since I had that information when I decided to open my own, I focused on those 30 products that were generating the yeah. most revenue. So it was a very small and curated collection of jewelry, some handbags and accessories, some baby products, some home goods, you know, like serveware and things like that. But it, let's say that it was yeah. under 100 SKUs. All of them, of course, available online with nice photography, description, and the story behind each product. As I began to grow in my weekly visits to farmers markets or events across town, the customers began to say, do you sell X, Y, or Z? And then I forced me to say, you know or what? Or insider trading. I don't today, but hey, if you're interested, let me look. Yeah. And thankfully for us, we joined the Fair Trade Federation of North America early on, which essentially as a trade organization allowed me to have access to countless suppliers that are all operating 
under the principles of fair trade. So all of a sudden I said, hey, there is a void. I don't have anything in the stationary world. Let's add some journals and some greeting cards. I don't have anything in this other category. And you can keep naming the categories that are available. But because I had a mobile retail operation, I was limited by the amount of goods that I could source because obviously I didn't have, you know, a thousand square foot place. It was the back of my car in six boxes that would need to have all of this. But that initial connection with customers, that was the most important source of how I could increase the number of SKUs. So I went direct to the sources by basically having a focus group to say, hey, I'm doing this. What do you think? And they giving you basically free advice. So I began to grow. And after a year, I have doing this on a part-time basis. That's when I opened the first bricks and mortar store. But by then, this family of, of fair trade suppliers had grown to be so big that I was like, hey, now I can expand on coffee, chocolate, and tea. Now I can introduce yep. greeting cards because I have the physical retail space to, to house yep, it. And, that's huge. and of course, that came along with the online channel. The, anything yep. that I would buy for the store was also available, made available online. That's great. So I guess just to shift gears here slightly, as it relates to your e-commerce presence, because obviously with, you know, with, with the brick and mortar presence, it's pretty straightforward as far as, you know, you pick the right location. Typically people within a certain Mm -hmm. radius are going to be your potential customers. The online space is obviously much broader than that. And with that, there are a lot of benefits, but also come challenges as far as marketing is concerned. 100%. So how have you guys outside of customers that were, you know, already introduced via brick and mortar, um, how do you guys go about your marketing for your online store? Let me start by saying, and I'm not sure if this is even allowed on your podcast, but our website no, is hosted Shopify. Yep. I'm sure everybody knows them. Uh, as a Canadian-based company, they have really, really taken the time to make it, to make their platforms uh, very merchant-centric. They, they Absolutely. work really hard to try to give you as a merchant or a business owner all the tools you'll ever need so that you can improve the quality of navigation. Uh, and of course, along with those tools is search engine optimization. There are so yep. many behind the scenes tools available to us that I have never needed to hire anyone to come and help me with That's SEO, great. for instance, because those tools, since they are the experts on e-commerce, they, they say, hey, you know, if you want to get better and faster or better results in search engine results from people Googling or doing anything. Here are some of the tools you can do, both on the images side, all text, you name it. You know, there's a a number of tools available to us. So that's been, I think, from day one, a a way to connect and reach new customers just by the simple fact that we're using keywords or meta words or, or the way we define our business so that when people are searching, we get the chances of, of, of natural uh, responses. The second component is certainly the social media platforms available, yep. which are all, for the most part, free. We are very active, but because Shopify has partnered with virtually every platform out there, from Pinterest yep. to Facebook and Instagram, anything that we can that we can share on social media, I always make a point to include a call to action. Shop now. Yep. Visit the site now, take a look or tag the product. So to essentially give the consumer a chance to learn more on the spot. And as you yep. will know, you know, the, the shopping journey really is beginning on a phone. 
or on a smartphone. Yeah. That's where really everybody is starting to do their shopping, which is an omni-channel. Yeah, the omni-channel yeah, concept. Uh, and so even locals come and tell me when they come to the store, I found you online. I saw you had a store here. Local SEO, that's awesome. And I looked at your site and I'm interested in products A, B, and C. Where are they? So even locals have that access. Um, but to answer your real question is, we really haven't spent a lot of money on any kind of marketing campaign. We've been trying to, what's the word in English? Reloaders? No, what is the word when you say you just <laughs> run with something that is available to you and you just take advantage of it? So Yeah, it's not freeloaders because that is way more of a negative okay. connotation. But whatever that um, word is, it's if the yeah, tools are out. And yeah, I, very I much. That, they, yeah. And so if the tool is available and it's still free, I am going to take advantage of it. And if Shopify yeah. is making or enabling those practices to, to, to make it sort of seamless and not have to do a lot of, you know, studying and understanding techniques that are sophisticated or complicated, if it's very easy to do and, and very actionable, there I am. So we are active on yeah. social media platforms. We're always using a call to action whenever we can. Shopify uh, introduced a, a an email marketing tool, which is embedded within their own uh, site. So you don't even have to go for, you know, look to exterior platforms like MailChimp or any others. You yeah. can all keep it because it's within the platform, then you can easily tag products, all of it. So it, it's just making it very easy for us merchants to utilize any and yeah. all available tools to reach customers. I think that's great. And I think that, I mean, in an ideal world, like every business, they would love to grow organically as much as possible, right? Mm -hmm. You can expedite things through paid ads. And depending on the competitive nature of your space, the size of your business and your growth goals, paid advertising does become a necessity at some point in time. That being yeah. said, when you're growing and you're a business and you still have a local focus and you're playing in a market that is focused around things like sustainability and general areas where there is ultimately going to be less competition, which <laughs> is both unfortunate and fortunate at the same time. But yeah, I think that when you're playing in that type of space, I mean, first of all, I think everyone should explore those tools that are readily available before they sink too much money. into things. I think right. utilizing everything that Shopify has available they have made it incredibly user-friendly. I'm personally more of an Amazon guy, but just about every brand that I work with utilizes Shopify. A lot of my clients special, a lot of my partners rather specialize in Shopify. And you're right, there, there are a ton of tools that are available if you have the time and energy to put into it yourself that can at least get you from zero to 50 before hitting a certain point of scale and needing somebody to do it full-time. And I, I think that you tapping into those yourself, it's not only cost effective for your business, but for you to continue to learn every day. And right. you know, the more that you can become somewhat of an expert in a certain category, not only does it in, in, enable you to run it on your own, but if at any point you do hit a point where you need to bring in external help, you know it well enough to speak the language and accurately exactly. assess the performance of something that's paid. You are right. So I think that's and, great. And, and it, it does not go unnoticed that I do realize there will be the time, the right time to really give it to the experts and, and then go ahead and, and put some funding behind it to reach new exactly. audience. And for nothing else, the work grows as you grow. So if nothing else, at least for bandwidth purposes, right? Yes. And the more that you, and having that foundational understanding, have it done, having done it yourself is going to be so useful. And this is coming from somebody who has worked at digital marketing agencies most of my life. 
when I would work, I used to run Google ads and do Google SEO and all this mm-hmm. stuff before I, I dove headfirst into Amazon. But when I was working with clients, the clients that had some degree of experience doing those things themselves were always the ones that I worked better with because you didn't have to, you could go to a jog or a run pretty quickly and you didn't have to yeah. really break everything down into these building blocks of communication and then go so slow because they don't fully understand what you're doing. If you can at least speak the language a little bit, it just enables you to eventually work with partners even more effectively down the line. So yeah. I, I think there's nothing but benefits in, in going about it in the way that you have. Mm-hmm. True. Very true. Um, so Julio, we have just a couple minutes here um, before we wrap up. So what would be, I guess, two, two last two parting questions. One would be, I kind of think we've already touched on this a little bit with what we've recently been, been chatting about, but what would be the biggest advice well, the one biggest piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is new to the e-commerce space? And then second, what would be the best way for anybody listening to get into contact with you or purchase your product? Um, yeah, on the first question, um, I think what the biggest lesson for me was uh, is starting an e-commerce when you have little to no knowledge of what um, the whole environment of you know coding and, and just behind the scenes, uh, writing programs and all this sophisticated thing. I was right. never someone who had found that to be an easy task. Know that there are companies out there, and I'm only using Shopify because that's the only one I've used, but there are plenty that have developed and done all the heavy lifting and all the hard work, and they are the ones. So it's not as overwhelming as it may seem to many. And the reason I say this, I've talked to plenty of small business owners and entrepreneurs who don't come from necessarily the retail background. They they did something else in their previous lives. And they think the very thought of having a website is just like, oh my gosh, but know nothing about it. So I know that the hard work has been done. You just need to make it pretty, make it your own, make it navigable, maybe make it user-friendly. So that's the first thing. And and you can always stamp, you know, put a stamp on it to make it your own and with the right information, the link. So that is point one. Point two, um, obviously, is how to source and, and Great. Uh, if you are a thoughtful, ethical, ethically minded and, and conscientious consumer and you value um, the products you're purchasing because you demand quality in those products as well as demand quality in the people's lives, those who make those products, um, you can shop fair trade. Not necessarily with us, although we'd love to have your business, but there is a, NARS, a huge network of fair trade uh, businesses across North America. Awesome. So if you see fair trade, please support any and all. ZD Market is a, a fair trade business based in St. Louis, but we do ship nationally and internationally. And we've made a commitment to awesome. have every single item we have in our stores available online. Uh, and we will bend over backwards to get your business if it's something you need photos of or, you know, we may not That's offer great. tons of deals or discounts because the nature of our business is not to discount things, is to pay the highest possible price to the producer or the maker or the yeah. farmer. Um, and right. therefore, there's not a lot of room to negotiate discounts, although right. we're willing and happy to do those occasionally. But yep. um, and that's ZB Market is Z-E-E-B-E-E-Market.com. Just that one. That is exactly <laughs> right. And if you if you Google search Fair Trade St. Louis, we're the first result. Um, and if you're not in the city of St. Louis, you just Fair Trade near, you know, start. We will probably come yeah. up as one of the results. Yes. That's great. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, Julio, it's been great. Um, much appreciated everything you're doing. The advice is great. The moral compass behind the business is fantastic, and it's been great having you on. 
Thank you so much, Sam, for the opportunity and all the best to you and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Appreciate it.